Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradzett and we have a really special episode of the Your Life, Your Term show. We have Akram Kalani on here from Kalani Jewelry. This is a story of a family who left Iraq. They landed in the US, then they came to Canada. The father of the family couldn't use his petroleum engineering experience in Canada. They ended up starting a gold store in a flea market here in the Toronto area and then turning into that into one of the most successful jewelry stores, not only in the Toronto area, in the world. They have celebrity clients, boxers, baseball players, basketball players, MMA um, athletes from around the world who will order jewelry from them. And we stumbled upon them because I was looking for a solid gold chain. And, and for those of you who don't know, I wear gold uh, gold chains, be, and this might sound a bit ridiculous, but for me, it's a sign to the central banks that I'm onto their game, that I understand what sound money is about. That thinking has obviously evolved also into Bitcoin over the recent years, but that's why I wear a gold chain. And I couldn't find a jeweler that made proper solid gold chains. And I was looking all around the world as we traveled as a family. I was always looking for this and I found it through Aiden, my son, <clears throat> excuse me, who uh, found their Instagram account and they were showing the most beautiful gold chains. We went downtown Toronto. So right in our own backyard, it's like an acre of diamond story. Um, I found the most beautiful gold chains available there. We've become friends with the brothers there. There's three brothers, there's two sisters, the, the father we've spoken to, and we've just been amazed at their growth and their success. Kalani Jewelry is now a main a sponsor and a, an a original partner of the Toronto Raptors. So when you watch a Raptors game, you now see Kalani jewelry kind of on the court and that kind of stuff. So it's just a your life, your term story, how how this family came to Canada and kind of reinvented themselves. So Akram Kalani was kind enough to come out into Oakville, sit down in person uh, person with us. Bishop came with us, uh, with him, sorry, a very longtime friend who now does a lot of the media for Kalani. So Bishop was here as well chatting and Akram lays along, uh, sorry, he lays out the principles he lives by, how they grew the business. I just love the whole family and the whole story. I really hope you enjoy this episode as well. And if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out, you know, how does this work with, you know, the Your Life, Your Term show and Rockstar Real Estate? Listen, we run this membership called Rockstar Inner Circle. And it's something we started way back in 2007 to help people in the Toronto area, the Golden Horseshoe, so right around Lake Ontario, if their family wanted to add rental properties or income producing real estate to their lives to kind of build that financial nest egg for themselves, but they were scared and didn't know where to turn. That's where we stepped in and we started a business helping people find good rental properties all over the greater Toronto area. And when we work with people, part of the membership that we run, they get a client newsletter or what we call a member newsletter. It's 12 pages full of content, but inside there, we're talking about interest rates and why interest rates are important to manage and, and watch as a real estate investor. How does money work? What is money? Why does gold have the history it, it has? What's going on with Bitcoin now? So all these things are shared in the newsletter, including stories of other successful real estate investors who are buying rental properties because some investors buy student rentals, some buy duplexes, some buy infill projects, others will do straight rental or do pre-construction condos. So we share all the stories from local investors who are working right here in the greater Toronto and Golden Horseshoe area so that we can all learn from each other. We publish that. It's a 12-page newsletter that goes out to all the Rockstar Inner Circle members that we work with. 
at, at, um, every month. And we've been doing that newsletter since 2007. So it's kind of a staple of the membership on top of all the different classes and, and educational resources that we offer here at Rockstar. So that's kind of how Kalani fits in. They're a your life, your term story because we're trying to help people buy real estate to build a financial nest egg so they can live life on their terms. And here is this family who is living life on their terms. And we just feel blessed and grateful to have crossed paths with them, to become friends with them and to share their story. So if you want to check out more about what we are doing with the membership and with people in this area, you can visit rockstarinnercircle.com. That's rockstarinnercircle.com and learn about the membership and get videos from us and other podcasts like this. It's all available to you. That, that's at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's enough with this intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Coming in hot. Yes, we are live with Akram Kalani and Bishop. Bishop, I don't know your last name. Uh, it's actually Billy Nellis, but everybody calls me Bishop. Oh, uh, oh, got that's, it. That's a, that's, a, that's a nickname that, you know, I'm known. That's where it comes uh, from. Uh, got it, got it. Cool. Well, welcome, guys. We are thrilled to have you here. I think this was Aiden's doing to yeah, have you yeah. guys here. Yeah, we've been Thank trying you. to Thank make you. this happen for a while now, so it's awesome that you guys are in and we can finally have this convo. I know the Great. audience will love this today. Good job, Aiden. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're a big fan. I love we, it. We, totally. dra we dragged you guys out of Toronto, pulled you into Oakville to do this, so um, I'm going to jump in. Akram, yes, sir. you got to tell us first, maybe for people who don't know Kalani Jewelry, just tell us what you do just for, to paint some context. And then we're going to quickly go into the journey on how Kalani Jewelry exists today. So how, how do you explain to people who don't know you what you guys do? Kalani Jewelry is a base jeweler in Toronto, Forest Hill right now. That's at 976 Eglinton Avenue West. You can find us on Instagram, on our, our social media. You can find all the work we do. We're basically designers and artists when it comes into the jewelry world and with the diamonds and the creations we have done in the past has put our name worldwide and with a lot of big names like uh, celebrities, athletes, and we can go all over these people too. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some of them. And and the reason, it's, it's a funny story. I think uh, every- I think, it, I think our relationship started, me and you were looking, it was more so you, you were looking for another gold chain and we were looking everywhere across Europe. We couldn't find any good ones. Everything yeah. was hollow, no nice designs. And then I think it was on Instagram probably. I saw the uh, the Drake, the OVO, the O pendant you guys made. I know we'll yeah, get the into big that. O, yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, dad, these guys are in Toronto. We have to go check them out. And then um, from and that's there, how it's always worked. Yeah. And I wear gold chains. Sometimes it seems a little ridiculous, but it's a little bit of a nod to this is going to sound crazy. I know it will, but it's a nod to um, people who understand the central banking system is kind of, you know, if you don't own gold, you don't like have real money. Yeah. You know, the paper money kind of gets printed. So I wear gold chains almost as a sign to to like a, t a hat hat tip to, uh, you know, people who understand that central banking is basically thievery, you know, they're kind of stealing from us. So I kind of wear gold chains for this weird reason. Um, but I could, to, to Aiden's point, we would go to Croatia every summer mm -hmm. and we would be fortunate enough to stop in other cities around Europe, Munich, Germany. Uh, yeah. We'd be in Italy. I remember being on the island of Capri in Italy, going to some of the nice jewelers there and I'd pick up the gold chains and I'd say, so light. and they were light. Yeah. Cause they were hollow. And, uh, and then Aiden, one day when we we're back here in Toronto, he's like, dad, I think I found this place called Kalani. I, I don't, and you know, I think they might have good gold chains. And I'm like, 
Eden, we've traveled all over the world looking for, the, I don't think people make nice gold chains anymore. Mm-hmm. And then we drove down to your store and we were just blown away. Well, you know, nice. walking into your store, which I know you had just opened that new beautiful location. Yes. But yes. seeing beautiful all, in there. Yeah, all Thank the gold you. chains and all the other jewelry you do yeah. just blew our minds. Good. And now we've referred multiple people here at Rockstar have been there. You know, we refer people to- Yeah, them. Andrew's in here today. Yeah. He's yeah. got yeah. chains. Yeah, multiple people. Whoever is in here that don't have a chain, we have to take him with us. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get them all. We're going to get a truck. There were th- Nick's yes. truck is outside. We're throwing everybody in the back of the truck Sexy. and we're going. Sexy. <laughs> so with, uh, so you got to tell us the story because you guys are, are you born in Iraq? Yes. Yeah. Can you t- so tell us the journey. How does, how the heck, because you guys to me are a wonderful, beautiful success story. Thank you. So how do you get from Iraq to owning this place, Kalani Jewelry in Toronto? Can you walk us through that? Yes, sure. So I was born in Iraq, Basra in the south side of Iraq. Um, we all was raised there. Half of my family were born in Baghdad city because after the 1990 war with the American and Iraq, we shifted because my dad was working with the petroleum companies. And at the same time, he had his jewelry store to open on the weekends or late nights. So it's a, it's more of a business that was uh, passed on to us through our ancestors. And it goes a long way, hundreds and thousands of years because our families are linked to the Babylon era and they were always famous in art making and jewelry so we moved out of basra uh, after the war 1990 to baghdad city to find a, a safer heaven for us and our family and throughout the years you know everything in iraq started to kind of collapse businesses started to lose and a lot of people started to move out of the country or finding a better way to go to different countries where it's safer for them and their families we left baghdad city in 1998 toward qatar my dad was working with the petroleum companies in Doha, Qatar. Now you know it's famous. They just had the work up there. Yeah. And uh, from 1998, we were able to link with a lawyer that actually worked on our papers to be submitted for America and Canada as immigrants or as a green card. Because you guys didn't want to stay in Qatar? Um, at the time, um, it's like a little bit difficult. Like um, when we left Iraq, we left to find a path where it can give us safety, it can give us future education in many ways, right? Um, Qatar at the time was still um, still on the rise, it's still coming up. Okay, so it was still developing some yes. of its systems. So that wasn't the place yet for you guys. Yeah, and even what to do with schools. I remember my dad is an engineer um, and he was a senior engineer there controlling over 300 employees under him. So it helped him out to link up with the Occidental, if you know the American company for oil, BP, British company. And he was working with a lot of seniors and through that he built a big uh, portfolio that helped us to actually get the papers to America and Canada at the same time. And um, uh, I remember in March, that's when we found out that the American papers came out. And then within two to three weeks, we found out that we got the landed immigrant to Canada. So my dad is like, jackpot, let's go to these two different countries and see which one is best for us. So before we get to you guys arriving in the US and then in, in Canada, and to, for your family to leave Iraq, like, with that kind of family history that you guys can kind of document, because my own family history, I can go back a little bit. I can't go back hundreds of years. And it sounds like gold and jewelry was in the family for hundreds of years. Yeah, it must have been a like, that's just like, 
rips your heart out to leave Iraq at that point. Like, I know there's reasons to leave, yeah. but was there a part of you that felt like you were leaving something behind or how, how does it, how do you feel in that process? Definitely with our religion, because we're a very rare religion from Iraq. It's about 250,000 that is in Iraq, maybe a little bit more. Uh, with people from Iran. It's uh, more of a... What's the name of it? Mandaian. Okay. Mandaian. It's um, it's one of the first religions. It follows John the Baptist, uh, up to John the Baptist. Okay. So John the Baptist, he's the one who baptized Jesus. So we know that. Now we follow the same way of baptisms, tra- traditions. We still dress up with the white clothes, uh, get Got baptized it. into the rivers only. Um, so it's like a very unique, very old, yeah. uh, small uh, religion that was involved mostly in art, like I told you, the sculpturings, working on like uh, jewelry, little, tra- that's the trade wow. it was. Okay, got it. And uh, when, after the war, we found much more difficulties to be able to live in a society there. And it was very tough for religions to be expressed. And um, it was very, it started to get you know, tight more because, you know, when you have uh, you have poverty, you have people are poor. They look many things changes in their hearts toward other people, even toward their neighbors. So from that point, uh, my parents had to find a way to actually save their kids. And then they end up selling out what they had. And then we just drove right through Iraq to Jordan in 1998. It was actually the new year we celebrated with our families. And then we left around four o'clock in the morning. Wow. Yeah, there was no flight from Iraq to anywhere else. The only path to leave Iraq was Jordan. And then from there, you can fly out anywhere else. Yeah. I don't even know what to say to that. So so you have you probably have some friends then in Jordan who kind of made it to Jordan, stayed in Jordan. Or did some, some of your friends from Iraq, did everybody leave once they crossed over into Jordan? Well, most of the... People with like religion and different faiths yeah, started yeah. to actually drive out of Iraq and they found Jordan as like uh, the door for them to be able to apply for papers or find a way to get uh, refugee status and stuff like that. But I don't believe any people actually end up staying Stay, in so Jordan. They use Jordan as a springboard to somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of my friends I have in Australia, Germany, England, Holland, Sweden, Denmark, um, all the way down to New Zealand and and it keeps going on wow. and on, yeah. Well, it makes travel fu- uh, fun. You have friends everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then you guys come into Canada? No, we actually, once we realized we actually got our papers to America and Canada, we decided to go to America because we have families and cousins in California and in Detroit, Michigan. The plan was we actually wanted to go to California, but one of our cousins, she, uh, she drifted our idea and thoughts from going that way to go to Detroit because uh, she said in Detroit you're going to find a lot more Arabs or people from the same heritages that is available here and it's going to make your life much easier to start a business here because okay. huh. we knew we we're going to come to this side of the world and take advantage in the, of the heritage that we have and the experience in jewelry and open up jewelry business in North America. But when uh, our mind got shifted to Detroit, we arrived there. We were living at the Romado Hotel for over a month and something. Oh, wow. It was wow. fun. It was in Dearborn, Michigan, so it's in the worst areas. <laughs> yeah, so we were there for over a month, living in a hotel. All our stuff is packaged in the storage room downstairs in the hotel. So it was it was a little bit difficult. But oh, man. Now <laughs> my, how old are you at this point? Uh, I was 14 years okay. old. Wow. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, around 16 years old at that okay. time. Yes. 
Now, you know, finding my mom having difficulties to make her own teas, that's a very big difficulty yeah, for a yeah. lot of people. And she likes to make her own tea with her own pot, you know. Uh, but, uh, and cooking wasn't easy because we didn't know where we stay in. Are we going to buy a home? Are we going to rent a home? Are we going to rent an apartment? Yeah. yeah. After a month, we realized that Detroit is not for us. Like, and I was looking at my dad and I remember the Canadian flag all my, all my life when I was young. Like, and at the time, Canada was very well known for being it's the most peaceful country, welcoming a lot of immigrants. And I would go to my dad. I was like, you know what? We got to go down there. Let's go check out Detroit. We have the papers, we drive through, and we see it. So he had a voting option for us and the family to vote to see the majority where they want to go. <laughs> we all decided like uh, only my- you and two, but we didn't talk about your two brothers yet, but you and two brothers. Uh, Tarek wasn't with us. He Tarek, was still in Iraq? No, he was in Doha, Qatar. Oh, oh in Qatar. Okay. Yeah, we left him there because the papers we were able to get because we were all under the age of 18. Anybody above the age of 18, cannot basically be coming in a part of the parents family mm -hmm. paperwork so that's what he came in after we arrived to canada after a year and a half or so yeah got it so you drove through canada you decide okay we're gonna try it and you move from detroit after just a few months in um, canada uh, after a month and like uh, less than a week maybe we decided that's it we're gonna pack up rent a van from enterprise at the time oh wow <laughs> packed up everything on top of the yeah. van and actually uh, drove right through the uh, border and I still remember going through the immigration process and how they, they were very, very welcome. Like this country oh, nice. is a, such a country and it, it, it gives opportunities oh, cool. to people from that's the cool second year, right? Well, definitely like when you come in from such a like war and transition, you leave from Iraq to Jordan, staying there for three, four months until you get your papers to go to Doha, but because it's difficult, you cannot travel with the Iraqi passport, you know? Yeah. Not everybody will tell you, yes, you can come and you can have a visit. Wow. So you have to always have a paper for a visit for anything. So it was difficult to move and to, to Jordan and then move to Qatar and then build the paperwork to, to come to North America. So I believe for every parent, so it's, it's, it's tough to move four kids, a wife and a father. It's costly too at the same time. So when we drove through and we got into the immigration and the way they welcomed us and they were like so joyful, cool. so happy to see us. And we were so happy. We were like, see, this is why we needed to yeah. come here. See that? Yeah, Look yeah, at yeah. the difference, you know? And uh, as we walked in and they said, welcome and go in. And, you know, we checked in and they checked all the stuff we have. While we're driving, I see the big Canadian flag waving. And that was the You knew. Yes. Oh, wow. That was a big moment. Wow. That was when I felt this is home. That's it. Wow. wow. But then, the, okay, so you feel good for a moment, but then the family has to go through the realities of settling in a new country, which isn't easy. No jobs, you're young, your brother, your other brother's younger, correct? Yes, Mojo. Mojo's uh, younger. Yes. Um, so then what, like where do you guys like, find a place to sleep? Just to make it so everybody knows we are a family, uh, mom and dad and five kids. Uh, we're three brothers, two sisters. My dad aligned them very perfectly. He did a boy, girl, then a boy, girl, then a boy. How so we had to that? secure. How did, that? How did he? I don't know. <laughs> he wanted to make sure that the girls are always safe and secure between boys. Yeah, on both yeah, sides. yeah. Smart. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so when we drove in, when we actually got the paper, Tarek, my older brother, wasn't involved because mm -hmm. he was uh, about or older than eighteen years old. But we promised that we're gonna bring him back. 
you know, like you're not gonna leave him behind. Yeah. Yeah. We promise. I'm gonna bug him about this. Yeah. <laughs> Next time I see him at the yeah. store, that, Derek, Derek, the family they, cut you off, man. They were trying <laughs> to get rid of you. You just you just showed up in Canada. They didn't they didn't want you here, man. No, it was joking. a tough I'm one. Joking. I'm no, no. Actually, Derek is a very beautiful story. How we were able to manage to get him in here too, but um, the funny thing when arriving to Canada because we didn't know anything. We just, my dad had a friend that was an engineer working with him in the petroleum companies in Iraq at the time, but he know that he was here in Canada and he had somehow some, some type of contact with him. So he called him and he's like, okay, we're coming into Canada tomorrow. Um, how can we find a place to live? Then the guy goes to him, no problem. I'm gonna give you a number for a real estate agent. So we call this real estate agent. He's an oh, yeah. elder gentleman. He's here, like, the problems begin. You mentioned real estate. Yeah. Here we go. Here we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's, um, he referred us to um, an older man. He's like in the 70s, you know, living in a senior home. And then um, we got him. We need an apartment. We are coming into Toronto tomorrow. So you need to find us something that we can live in. He's like, okay, guys, don't worry. Everything's okay. You make sure you just come in and the place will be ready for you guys. Okay. How much? Where is it? Where? He gave us the address. Now we're driving. We arrived to Toronto. <laughs> we got to Scarborough. We exit on Brimley. Now I don't know Brimley at the time, but I remember the day now and I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so we go to all the way by Brimley and um, Kingston Road. Just before there's a senior home on the left side or on the east side, east north corner. Okay. Okay. That's where it is. We arrived there, we don't know nothing. We don't know this is Scarborough, we don't know anything. We arrived to this apartment building, he's an older gentleman, we see all the seniors outside sitting and stuff. We're like, hey, how are you? He's like, okay guys, let's get in the luggage, let's go upstairs. In the senior home? Yeah, so we don't know nothing. <laughs> That's insane. So we arrived, <laughs> he's a beautiful human being, he's still alive, but the story gets very much funnier as we arrived. So we go upstairs, we know that there's just a one bedroom and a living room. So it's like a studio kind of, and he has his bedroom and it turned out to be his apartment. And we're like, man, and he had the whole entire living room laid up with mattresses so we can all sleep as kids wow. right on it. Yeah. So my dad is like, uh, what is this? Is this your home? And he's like, yeah, it's my home. Tomorrow we should be able to go and look for homes together. You can stay here. I go upstairs and sleep at my mom's home what's going on here? And the man was living with his mom in the same senior home and he had to go upstairs and he let us stay in his home for about five days. But the story gets really difficult because you're a new immigrant, you have no credit. Everywhere we go, we do find apartments, but no one wants to give you rent. You have no income, no credit history in the country. And, and, to show and that's the difficulty. That's and then my dad yeah. is like, okay, one place to another place to a third place and people you, kept saying no 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 management will provide you anything yeah. like it, nothing you know so and even with with that like you have to have a co-signer because they don't know if you're going to stay over here or you're going to have money or not even when we offer to pay up front they still wanted to make sure there's a co-signer in the contract so my dad called his friend and like okay thank you for relating us to this real estate agent but we're sleeping in his house and we need to figure out what we have to do. We need to find a place. Excuse me. And he's like, okay, no problem, guys. I'll co-sign you. Come to my area, which is Whitby. I'll give you guys the address. Come by. You stay at my house. You eat. You finish. I know for a fact we're going to find you a place. We're going to rent it out. Okay. 
we packed up and we went that way. We got to Whitby and the guy actually was waiting for us by buildings that are still there and it's called uh, White Oaks. So he's standing there, he's talking to the management, he's preparing all the papers and like, okay guys, we have the three bedrooms, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. My dad signs the checks, gives them first and last. And literally we walked upstairs, empty place, we put our luggages, decided on to go to a place like it was Zeller at the time. Yeah, Zeller's, yeah. Zeller's, yeah, I remember. So they took us to Zeller's, we, we bought some like uh, blankets, uh, pillows, and you know, we gathered ourselves together and we started our journey. That's how it actually started wow. as we landed. Wow, and that was the first home here. <laughs> yes, and uh, it, you know, at that, there at this point, us landing into this building, and knowing that now there is an uh, apartment for us, we have achieved our success story right there that we are gonna start at least. We, totally. Yeah, so. What Ooh. a crazy story. Uh, Bishop, I'm sure you've heard this many times, <laughs> but just that, working yeah. with these guys, because your role right now, Bishop, is- Digital marketer. Digital marketer for Kalani. for the whole social media. Yeah. yeah. So anything that's the online infrastructure. And the, show, yeah. the social media for you guys is killing it. We'll shout it out at the end again there. But it's, uh, yeah, it's obviously, does really well and you're fortunate to have the beautiful jewelry to put on the social media to really kind of works really well but uh so then you guys settle in like step one is achieved you get the family to settle into canada and then your father i know he was in the petroleum industry and i remember him telling me i think he said he tried and i don't know if this how accurate my memory is but i think he was telling me he tried to get a job in the petroleum industry here and they kind of kind of shunned him a little bit and said, well, you don't have any like North American type education. I think they said he had to go to one of the colleges here. And I just remember thinking this guy managed however many people in Iraq and in Qatar and had years and years or decades of experience. And the reaction was, hey, you know what? Go get some diploma somewhere so you can prove you have some worth here in in the country. Is that accurate? And that must have been devastating. It is devastating because um, if I go back to... Uh, before the war again. And um, my dad was an engineer at the petroleum company in Basra, the south side of Iraq. Um, It was like very big and they had all Americans and all type of engineers from all around the world actually was working in that compound. And it was a gated community for all the engineers and the family. Probably some best engineers in that industry in the world. Iraq had very much a lot of talent and a lot of uh, geniuses and smart people that actually flew out of Iraq and they flee the the war and they to find other places or uh, a better life kind of. But going back there, I remember we had a jewelry store and um, my uncles too, they, the whole strip is jewelry stores and it's my, my dad's, uh, my mom's two brothers, one on the left, one on the right, and one looks after another. So if somebody wants to leave his jewelry store, he tells the next one, come outside, make sure everything's good. They go, but it was safe back then. It was like very, very safe in Iraq. And it was booming, like business is always crazy there. And you have people from America coming to live in Iraq to actually in the oil industries to get the oil out and work. And then suddenly now everybody in the world, now you there's no mix, okay? Now my dad, he actually, uh, he, he, he left uh, the, the working on uh, the oil companies and he closed the jewelry store and took out all the gold. And he said, guys, whatever money we have, I know I have a plan. What's the plan? He's like, we're gonna go buy every warehouse that's actually going to close down in this war from mechanical engineering supplies, uh, welding supplies for welding underwater, welding above water, uh, motors, pumps, 
everything to do with anything to do with manufacturing, infrastructure, bridges, oil industry, because he knows when the war is going to finish, all these uh, companies and factories, they're going to actually assign some type of contracts to, to rebuild, to rebuild a bridge or do any of that. But now this guy is a smart guy. He, he went crazy. We started to travel with the cars, with my cousins and everybody. He buys the warehouses. We load everything into trucks, and then he puts one of us into every truck, and then we drive back to Basra to mm. arrive all Holy these equipment. wild. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's a crazy you story. Kid. You guys are kids at this point. Yes, yes, but it, that was the only yeah. access to, yeah. Yeah. to find, you know, people you trust, yeah. that's number one. So he, us and our uncle family too, we joined in on how to get all this product back into the warehouses in Basra. And when the war finished, it got crazy. Remember, my dad was an employee at an oil company, and he had his jewelry store to, you know, do his little trade that he loves from his ancestors and family, you know, field of business, basically. So the war finished. Now all these factories, let's say the milk, you know, the powder milk, they wanted to rebuild so they can reoperate, so they can provide milk, because Iraq was banned from any imports or any type of business trades with any, a lot of countries. So the only path you got Jordan now, if you want to get trades and for you to get like any supplies to build infrastructure, it has to go through the approval of the United Nation. Cause you know, now the United Nations all together agreed that Iraq has to be banned mm -hmm. from anything Jeez. without any approval from the United Nation altogether to be voted on. Kaboom, the war finished. All these factories, all these oil industries started to put out contracts and the man that has all the equipment and everything was my dad. And then we started up and we had warehouses in Basra, warehouses in Baghdad, stores actually in, in, in Basra, like uh, to showrooms, showrooms there, showrooms in Baghdad city. And we were all working together as brothers and kids and what a smart guy preparing in and working. What an absolutely in. smart guy your father was. It's crazy. We call him the brain because he's he's awesome. Yeah. He's yeah. The, he's the he's the brain of the operation. My career. mom thought he took the gold and put it into rusted stuff. And she's like, You're doing this to me? You people are actually turning the rusted We're metal. taking the gold and we're exchanging it for these rusted machines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it worked, and that was like um, wow. So you guys rebuild Kalani. some wealth that yes. way, some money, some savings. Yes, that way. That's literally holy. Sam, this is what I was talking to my dad. To talk, I asked him, "What do you think? Can you tell me like a tip about uh, your story and our story?" And he's like, uh, "The most successful thing that happened that helped him in life, his saving and his portfolio in the oil industries." and working with so many different um, companies and rebuilding and operating and water companies. And like, I remember going to a lot of factories and my dad is assigned to actually wrap up and build that places and seeing how smart and what he's been through. And then when we arrive here, the second we arrived, the guy that actually welcomed us in the house, he looked at my dad, he's like, I know the first job you should start is a taxi cab. My dad looked at it, he was like, I work as a taxi cab. He's like, if I'm not gonna work in the, in the, in the engineering yeah. industry, I go back to Qatar, I'm making 50K a, a month. Their big money they were paying back then, 50K a month, Wow, American dollar, Wow, plus Holy. expenses, plus trip paid Holy. for two months, complete for him and his family. Cause he was, he was, sure. he was a brain. Specialized knowledge. Yes, yeah. and when he decided to leave there and when we came, here 
they kept calling him, the Qatarian petroleum uh, companies, they were calling him for advices and asking him to come back. But he wouldn't back. go. Well, um, for, for, I, I have to tell you, because we started first Kilani, as, as we go, he actually went back after. Got it. Because okay. they, they, they had a big, big project that they needed his brain to come back. Okay. So he promised that he will be back there just for the project. It took that project eight wow. years to be wrapped up. Wow. But he was there. He and you guys the success. Here. And we stood here, but we opened up Kalani. He prepared us. He prepared the business. So weeks after we got the, 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 the apartment building and he went, he bought a Ford One Star minivan. It was actually one of the first cars yeah. I ever drove. <laughs> He bought it, and when he wanted to go buy it, a they didn't want to That's the cl yeah. classic. Yeah. yeah, very classic. And um, they didn't want to give him any, um, any uh, like uh, finance or lease, so he had to buy it up front, and it costed it eighteen thousand dollars at that time. And he bought it, and it, we were so happy. We have a car; it's a minivan, and we, we furnished the place. And weeks within us being settled and knowing that this is it because we really felt it this is home that's it from the second we walked in seeing the flag waving to mm -hmm. us that moment you know for a child leaving, it was emotional very emotional even like thinking about yeah like what we've been through from war hiding into bomb shelters um running from one country to another every day changing schools it's becoming tough you know now you're growing older you're like, I'm like, I was around 17 years old now. Yeah. So it's like, um, the, the memory you have built in, in your past, uh, there is joy. There's a lot of joy, families and times, but there was a lot of hard times too at the same time. So we, within these weeks, we kept talking about how we can actually work because everybody's telling my dad, oh, you're not going to be able to apply or get a job because his friend is an engineer. Remember that brought us mm -hmm. to Whitby. And uh, he told him, Kalani, for you to be able, to actually work with the oil industries in here, you're gonna have to go back and apply and study again for at least three, four years before you get the diploma. And he's like, mm -hmm. I teach people. <laughs> I, this yeah. is all my, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the professor, I'm yeah. not the student. He's the brain. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and remember when, when you in a war zone and everything gets demolished and you're rebuilding, you're gaining more experience on re-renovating than building from scratch. Yeah, and when totally. you're re-renovating, you're renovating everything with equipments from all around the world because now you're not able to bring any equipments into Iraq. So for you to rebuild an infrastructure, it cannot be built with all German equipments. It could be German, American, and, but you have to be a brain and smart enough to be able to put all these different wow. things that piece it all it together. and piece it out together to operate a, a, a factory or get an oil industry to start pumping gas natural stuff like that so so then you guys are here he goes back well um so we decided within these weeks when we settled in uh, we decided to open kalani jewelry and, and this was one of the market like this was in one of the flea market kind of places yes, you got so, like a kiosk like a like a stall there we went first uh, i remember we went to pickering flea market okay and my dad is like that's it guys we gotta focus this whole engineer thing here it's not gonna work and i'm not gonna go back backward i'm gonna keep working on opening our business and think about how we can take advantage of our heritage and the business that was passed on to us with the experience we have and how to actually embed it into the business that we can work in here and open up.
So we went to Pickering Flea Market. There was a jeweler there that actually... I just Sorry, I just can't believe you left Iraq. <laughs> you go through Jordan, you're in Qatar, then you get through Michigan, you come to Canada, and you end up at the Pickering Flea yeah, Market. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. When you walked into the Pickering Flea Market, the, whoever's organizing it, they don't even know who they're dealing with at this point. Like, they don't know the family. They're about, Nothing. you know, with your drive, your passion, your skill set, your knowledge, your family yeah. history, who's about to walk through the doors right. there, you know? Anyway, sorry, continue. You know, it's, it's actually... Actually crazy because I never seen a flea market, but I yeah. did see something similar like it. Like it, a pasta. I don't know how you use it. A, a bazaar. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, yeah. And my aunt used to uh, sell eggs and we would call it a pazar. But yes. yeah, same kind of thing. Like same out, exact. Out, it was outdoor. This one was outdoor. outdoor. Correct. Everybody kind of hustling whatever they had. Yes. Yeah. Lots of talking, negotiation. Bargain you know, place. Money flying back and forth. Correct. You know, yeah, and yeah. this is what, uh, what a lot of people created their businesses and their life. Sure. They built their legacy probably on these things. And some people succeed, some people didn't. But our story was a bit different. You know, we get there, the management... Well, how we got there, because, you know, fr the friend keeps telling us where you can find a market that you can start in at a basic place and start from there. You know, so we went to Pickering Free Market. The management said, no, we cannot offer you any booths in here that to be available for jewelry stores because the jeweler there that they have, he basically made sure the management don't open any other jewelry store. So we asked, oh, yeah, yeah. we kept asking our families and friends and stuff like that, where's other places? And they're like, oh, go to Scarborough at this flea market. There's a whole jewelry market. We get there. We found a place that actually uh, somebody wanted to sell his place in, in open, because he actually opened in a mall. So he had a little booth and he's like, I can, you know, the, the management, they're like, this booth you can take. He's, he's trying to sell it, sell the showcases, sell the safe, everything. You have to pay for all this stuff for you to take over. My dad is like, okay, sold. So we bought it. It was like $6,000, $7,000, you bought, it's nothing, it's a showcase. And uh, I started painting and everybody coming in, give me advices on how yeah, to do yeah. business. And my dad keeps telling me, never listen to anybody. <laughs> You know, focus on our goal. Focus. Your, your dad's the best. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 crazy because he is leading us throughout the way, you know? Yeah. So he sees me, I'm painting and I'm preparing and he sees all these jewelers because there's over 30 jewelers in this market. Coming in to give me advices. Oh, don't paint this color. Oh, don't do this. Don't, why did you buy these displays? Because my dad, what he did when we first opened up, well, bought the place, he took me and my younger brother and he said, let's go buy the displays where you put the showcases on. So me and my younger brother, when we went to a display shop to buy displays, we ended up buying the most expensive ones and that like the nicest looking ones. Yeah. So when we arrived to the flea market and I'm trying to put the display and how all the showcases are gonna look, one of the jewelers comes in and like, man, you're stupid. You just bought all these expensive displays. It's a flea market. All you gotta do, buy the red trays and just put your gold on it. Look at everybody here. I was like, okay, my friend, you take care of yourself and how you're thinking. I take care of myself and how I'm thinking. My dad always believed in the young generation and he believed coming into North America by having all these people telling him, oh, you gotta go back to study and you don't have Canadian experience. He's like, you know what? I got kids. I'm gonna build their experience and we're gonna move on from there to a bigger position, you know? So he invested into us and he kept leading us, showing us the way and that's how it all started. Once it started, um, after, uh, like I say, six months, within, within the first month, we actually made business. 
big business and people were coming back. Why, why, what was it that you guys were doing in that market that was other than the showcases, which made you look different, which is important. Yes, That's yes. important. Let's face it. But was it the jewelry selection, the, qu the yes. quality of the design? What was it? What we did, we focused on selling Italian made jewelry. So like gold necklaces, gold necklaces, uh, ladies necklace no, okay. with a bracelet earring, okay. necklace matching, all gold at all the point, gold. or no gold, silver. No. <clears throat> there was silver, so gold and okay. silver. Okay, because I I was in that hip hop field looking yeah. guy, you know, yeah. wearing my baggy clothes and stuff. So I always wanted to sell these hip hop chains and stuff. And my dad said that is very expensive and heavy duty for us. So if you want, I can. I can give you one of the showcases, build it up with silver hip hop jewelry and see what you can do. One of the biggest stories that happened in my life <laughs> with that, that I'm selling silver that is so nice and dated to up to date with the hip hop, big okay. crosses, GCZ with all cubic zirconia chains and all these silver were dipped in uh, rhodium plating to make it look shiny, look like platinum. Nice. And people loved it because they never found it anywhere. I was buying it from California because my cousin in California, she's big there. We went to California. We linked up with like other wholesalers. And then from there, the choices started to come in. Okay. Wow. Now we were, you know, using other parties to get our jewelry and displaying it, but with the taste of what we like. Mm -hmm. Now I had people actually give me their gold chains at that time for silver chains. Gold was at a $5 a gram for 10 carats at the time, $6 we used to sell it. But the beauty of the silver pieces that we sold in there, it turned the margin, a The margins were beautiful on it. Very much. Because of your wow. designs, you couldn't find them. Yes. So you guys were able to profit there beautifully. And, and people back in the day, they loved that shine, the, the, yeah, the yeah. flash of yeah. the silver being plated. Wow. So it drives a lot of people toward our stores. We started to become very, very heavy and popular. Tarek started to get his papers. We had like, uh, um, we had somebody that came in to see us within a year from the Canadian government to see because they had a program for all uh, people that comes from the Middle East, comes from different countries within a year, they visit them to see how they live in, how they do in. Oh, really? Yes, because remember when we arrived, we arrived 2001, July f uh, 15 was, right? Yes. July 15, yeah. So when we arrived 2001, July 15th in here, after then the September 11 happened, Oh, geez. So when September oh, 11 happened, so there was a lot of uh, focus on the Arab society and how they arrived to the world of North Americans or the European side. So were they checking up on how you were doing? How you doing? What you're doing? See you feeling? Yeah. Well, um, it could be both, yeah. but we yeah. didn't feel it this way. It was actually very pleasant. The oh, guy awesome. was very amazing. Awesome. He was very, very active in hearing my dad's story of being cool. an engineer. And it turned out to be he was an engineer too. And he loved my dad's story with the petroleum companies. And, you know, when an engineer meets another engineer. Oh, yeah, they're geeking out. They just, they're geeking <laughs> One says one plus one, the other guy says two plus two. You know, that's how they work. And they always have to equal the right numbers. So yeah. one yeah. plus one has to be two. Cannot be two and a quarter. Yeah. You know what I mean? It has to be two. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They're very sharp. So this guy was an, impressed of my dad's story and working with the petroleum company in Doha at the time. And um, he offered, my mom came into him and she goes to him, look, I bought the dining table and I bought it with all my kids, but I'm missing one. I have his chair, but he's not here. She's showing him how she bought him the pillows. She's showing him how she's thinking about it. And uh, my dad, he's like, no, just calm down. Don't say that. But the guy he's seeing my mom, he's like, you know what, guys, I'll help you guys out. I'll do whatever it takes to get this guy here. And he did. He wow. actually did it.
Awesome. Tara came in, and then as the journey starts, because we opened up um, our stores in there, uh, as soon as we started, like literally within weeks, we got into the business. We knew we were gonna do business. We knew we were gonna yeah. focus on that jewelry. And then um, when Tarek arrived, we decided to open the next store and create a diamond store versus Mediterranean or Middle Eastern kind of jewelry, gold stuff that we, my dad wanted me to, wanted us to sell for more ladies. So then the yeah. next evolution was adding diamonds into the mix. Yes. And it was a store outside of this market. No, it's in the same market. A, a different, a, a different, different location. Different oh, no way. Oh. Different stall within oh. the same market. Oh, got it. Yeah, like how would happen, like we were all in that little booth, like it's like at, at literally about one meter and a half by one meter and a half in the inside square and you have a safe and you have a desk that you gotta eat on and the computer and the cameras and it's like so tiny and uh, we got me. Bumping into each other. My yeah. dad, Tarek, my mom comes in on the weekend you know, and it's like all of us in this one place. And um, Bishop, you don't know them at this point, do you? I, I came across Kelani Jewelry at their beginnings through word of mouth of a friend of another friend of ours that introduced me to the company. And I know that at that time, you know, it was kind of like a startup, but they were already into it and doing business and the diamonds were already into the into the process and into the market. But yeah, it's through word of mouth. And then I, I came across Kalani Julie and bought my first diamond ring coming from Montreal because I was born and raised in Montreal, right? No way. So, yeah, so I come to Toronto. I kind of. Who are you people? What wild <laughs> I, stories? I know him 19 <laughs> years right. now, guys. Wow. I know him 19 19 years 19, now. Yeah. So I'm exploring the, the, the you know, Toronto and everything. Why are I'm you in, in Toronto? So I'm in the music business. So I, w I was in the French hip hop scene. So I was looking to expand that as a, as a music producer because I, I just like kind of split with my childhood friends. Uh, making music and you know how it goes when you do business with some friends sometimes it doesn't go yeah, the yeah. right way so as a music producer I'm like let me expand and I started to visit Toronto and I felt like it was like a New York but in Canada and the English market so I was like I need to get out there and see how it works and yeah to word of mouth discovering the you know everything and then I come to yeah <laughs> I probably had like, I probably so, had three four rings and diamonds that time when he came in to check it yeah, out like yeah. from, you made sure he bought one of them though definitely yeah. he, did. <laughs> he put it on layaway we can remember then, now um, Yes. Yeah. Oh, really? Put it on layaway. He's like, I'll go and come back. I'm going to get that. That's ring. the danger going to see you guys. You guys are such <laughs> lovely people, which is, and such brilliant sales but it's, people. It's worth it. And it's the quality of the stuff so good. Sometimes I'll go back to Kalani because I don't know, I'm getting something or just looking at something for my wife. Every time I go, I'm warning everyone around me. I'm going right. to Kalani. I might be coming about out of there with something for myself. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. You know, you just never know what you're going to yes, see. It's yes. very dangerous. Right. It's a beautiful place. To it's addicting. I mean, this is it's a addicting. It is addicting. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, anyway, so uh, okay. So that's how you guys cross paths. Yeah. yeah. So let's take this to the. New, so how from there then to this beautiful store, which I would call like a global headquarters of a, it's, it's so beautiful where you are now. How do you get from there to where you are today? I'll tell you, it's a, such a funny one because um, when we arrived here, we didn't have nobody, no families, no friends. So the level of stress that it, for young kids arriving here, the language is a little bit tough, uh, going to school, you're in a new class, new life, new language, new human beings from all around the world that we didn't see because when we left Iraq, we only saw Iraqis. Mm -hmm. I went to Jordan, I saw mostly Jordanians. 
I went to Qatar. I seen the Qatarian people. Yeah. And right, you know, Comes my dad was in a petroleum company. We seen English and we seen Americans, but it wasn't on the same level that you're here now. You're active in action with people from everywhere: everywhere. Ukraine, uh, Russia, China, China, India, like South America, uh, African, mm -hmm. Jamaica. I got to know Jamaica. I didn't know Jamaica. I was like, "Where's Jamaica?" Yeah. Uh, I yeah, first time I heard about Guyana. I was like, "Guyana? Where's the Guyana?" You know, I didn't know. You know, like honestly no i get it yeah. but the stress level for kids has started to rise because now you feel like there's a different you know mm -hmm. and it's really tough like uh, i'm here to talk about it and about how i felt at that time because i changed so many schools from the second i left iraq so every year was a new school for me and it's a new experience and a new friends new people yeah. new people so it started to become tough now I'm working Especially at, at that age as well. Oh, yeah. Like, you're just 17, 18, yeah. you know, like, now you're just on the rise. You just want to see the world. You want to be able to have the same friends to laugh with. But now you're basically, you have to start building your friend at that age again, you know? So just a, just something that I got to advise all the young kids. And I tell you something, the biggest fans that I have is the young generation from the age of 12, I believe, to the age of 24. They all love Kalani and they all show their families, ma'am, mom, dad, we got to go to this. Exactly like how I, we started. Yeah, 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 like I have kids at the age of 12 that are actually bring their families just so they can walk into the store and I take them on a, no a journey and introduce them to Kalani Jewelry. So on this note, uh, I want to tell all the kids that uh, never fail and never think you are going to fail. Because at the age of 12 to the age of 24, this is your prime. This is the time where you make your accomplishment, you hit your goals, and you make a difference. You can change as easily because you're still young. You don't have so, so much um, headache and life, like what my dad, let's say, went through. That was like tough. And for many other people like my dad, maybe it could be young people or like me, you know? So there are people in the world that go through so much rougher, tougher time And uh, believe me, they might not find out who they are until they at the age of 18 or 20. So with that said, like we found the stress level and my dad was trying to make us like come together. And he's like, guys, I want you to take something in. You build your friends and turn them into family through this business. This is your way in. Make sure you take in anybody that comes in into this business and you turn him into a friend, and you change his mentality to become your family. Include him into the process. Make him see everything you do. Don't hide away anything. Don't lie to him about anything. Show him how it gets made. Show him why you know and you have that experience in making jewelry. Make him know that we have the experience in making jewelry through our ancestors. This is a heritage thing that we actually so proud of. Bring it in. Show it to them, make them feel it, make them learn it, educate them, and do your best. From that moment, we knew how to handle our business. We started to take in the client, first their walking client or walking customer, and then we turn him into a customer and he starts to smile, just like you told me when he first came in. And then we literally turned him into family and like him 19 years, yep. you guys four years. Mm -hmm. And you know what? My biggest code to everybody, I tell them, a lot of people can't keep their friends for five years. Mm. I'm able to keep my clients for over 20 years. And I turned them into my family and friends. So 
you've got to know how to do it. So I believe your, your for the young, father is such you, Akram, to share that. Thank you for sharing that. Your father no for teaching that to you. That's just uh, a beautiful story to share. And you know, when you feel it, we didn't know going walking into your store. When we called home, I think after the first visit, Aiden, when you brought us to Kalani, I remember calling home to Carol and she's like, I thought you guys were just going to, you know, some jewelry store. And, you know, why is it an hour and a half later or whatever? You're going to be, I don't know if we're going to be late for something or whatever it was was and uh i was explaining to carol i'm like carol that you don't even understand what we. this isn't did. just a jewelry store this isn't a jewelry store we got a tour of all the showcases of all the jewelry but you then there's a back things. vip room that we got a tour from yeah. aiden saw some celebrities jewelries i'm not sure if we're supposed to name the celebrities or not and then downstairs in the basement i'm like carol we went in the basement and then they have workers down there making and crafting the jewelry with right the machine, in front of us right in front of us and then Tarek offered us eggs I think we had some egg. I think we had some scrambled eggs or a couple sunny side uh, eggs or and then and then we got a hat and a t-shirt and uh I go, I don't even know if we bought anything. Maybe we bought something. Maybe we didn't buy it. I don't know. <laughs> we got the full experience. But it was like, I go, Carol, this isn't like a store. Like we met uh, the whole family. It was I, an experience. Yeah, I, I think we might have briefly met your father that time. And then now we've been back several times and bought multiple things and yes. then got getting to know your father. And and I knew some of this story. I didn't know all of the story. Yeah. But uh, to, to see how gracious your father is today sitting in that store. And now I understand the pride of him in that store because it comes across it's mm -hmm. kind of like the lion the, the the wise lion of the pack you know who's yeah. sitting there kind of really taking it all in and uh him meeting nick my brother different members of rockstar have been there now i kind of get it like i i see clearly and that's the real experience when you go to kalani like it's just feeling like you're meeting another family you know? i literally that's what i felt when i met him 19 years ago it literally felt like a you know what I mean? We became friends and then they became family and it just grew from there. And the perfect time you know for you too, Bishop, because if yeah. you're coming from Montreal to Toronto, yeah. I would imagine, I don't, I didn't have, I don't have a big network here, right? right? And yeah. so to stumble into these guys, yeah. what are the odds of you stumbling into the guys? Do you ever exactly. think about it? That's just insane. I know, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So, um, so then I'm curious, you, you, you do very well at this because of the way your father told you to treat everybody, the business flourishes. Yes. Obviously. Uh, the, the, the change happened there. Um, we started to involve every client into everything and we started to listen to them. So we were like, you know, outsourcing the jewelry in the beginning and I'm telling them I'm, I'm, I can custom design. Uh, I love designing jewelry. I love making jewelry. You know, in the beginning it was difficult because I'm a young guy going into the industry of diamond setters and jewelers to actually make my job come together if I wanted to custom design. Now when that, you know, you're brand new, people don't know you. You walk into the building and they see a young guy telling them, I want to custom design this cross. Can you help me design this or carve it with me? I want to show you how to do it. And um, in the jewelry business, I found it difficult in here because everybody felt like it was a secret. Like you don't want to allow anybody to see what you're doing. And basically like every time I try to tell the designers to do something for me and tell them to do it that way, they kept telling me, no, it cannot be done. Why cannot be done? Why cannot we give it a try? Like you're using a computer to design anything. If, if, if the pharaohs were able to build a pyramid with no engineers, probably we don't know what they did and how they did it. Because, excuse me, I still believe there's aliens involved Mind -blowing. to do this. Because <laughs> if you take it back to the pharaohs and if you see how they built the gold uh, 
pharaohs and you know the the caskets and how they're made out of 24 carats and how big they are and they actually have the bodies inside when you take in the take in any picture and do the study and you split this casket from right to left you're gonna find that this face that they made of the king or the king tart whatever is made perfectly at that time thousands of years ago they were able to cast make jewelry that is so extravagant and hard to be made on our days right now with the technology we have no way you can there's no perfection there's no way because when you come to cast gold so you if you're poor you make your mold this big and you come and pour the gold by the time the gold goes down it's already cold oh got it so how did they make such big form how there must be some intelligence so if it wasn't i can't believe we're now uh, venturing into the world of aliens but if, if there wasn't alien or some technology there it almost feels like there was some intelligent te- um knowledge that we lost on this planet right you know with some kind of civilization that existed here that was just decimated and we have no documentation of it other than some of these relics that show us because you're right it doesn't make sense how can we not do that with today's technology but you have these that back then they have documentaries that documentaries about how jesus sure. came and how every religion is and they have everything documented but how come they don't have yeah, no. any source of knowledge on how this really got made for gold i'm not talking about the permits mm-hmm. i'm talking yeah, about just, just this yeah, yeah. caskets you know what Never i mean it's made out of gold 24 carats like you're pouring 24 carat and you're creating a perfect shape polished out with no soldering no lasering machine perfection insane so i was always looking at anybody that told me you can't do it i look at them like man let's make a study let's go back and see how these guys did it so when i was coming in to make big pieces all the casters that pours the gold for me in my molds and stuff like that when i hand them the molds to make me turn it into gold they kept coming back with product that is has holes in it that when you come into set diamonds and you're doing the drilling you find it empty in the middle because it's such a big piece by the time, like mm. it's not easy, so you have to learn. So I had to learn through my dad because he's an engineer and we had to sit down with all these people and we tried to show them the way that we wanna build our business, our designs based on the knowledge that we have. We need you to follow what we tell you and at the same time, understand what our client wants because they wanna be part of this process. They wanna understand how it's made, why not? And this is what makes Kalani jewelry different. You know, all jewelers think it's a secret. Like somebody is afraid maybe another jeweler is going to be yeah, succeeding yeah, yeah. and come to life. Man, there's no better way than teaching people. Like that's what makes me. And, and that's drives why you were getting the word of mouth, Bishop, for even right. to hear about these guys. They always took that style exactly. of approach. Yes. Yeah. So they wanted to feel like they wanted to have feeling. The clients wanted to have feeling because when you say I'm going to my jeweler, it's like you're saying I'm going to my family. My jeweler is something that, and in jewelry business, it all has to do with trust because- Throughout history, that's it. I feel like in North America, that feeling has been lost. People don't have that relationship. I almost feel like you're bringing that back into the culture here. Mm-hmm. I, I, this know, is, like, that's what I feel like you're reintroducing. Like yes. there is some talk, if you talk to some older, maybe from my experience would be older Italian families, they mm-hmm. would say, oh, my jeweler. Yes. And it would feel like part of the family, but I feel like that's been lost in mm-hmm. different cultures that have come over into North America. And, and Kalani has made that happen now today. Yes. Yeah, you're reintroducing that and i i tell everybody a lot of people ask me young designers and jewelers like we met a friend here right now and they told me how did you do it and i just tell them believe in yourself don't let never let nobody tell you how to do it or not to do it 
and always gain your experience. Build it. Don't be afraid to teach people because, or show people, because they might show you something in return. You know, you might take your chances, you showing people, right? But there will be that one person that understand how you're thinking about life and he thinks just like you. And he might open the door for you for something that you never learned. And that's what really happened. So we forced our way in on how to design the jewelry and make the jewelry for our client and make them involved into the process. And we were able to force the people that uh, was working on our customizations at the time before we moved in into the, our store, uh, the new store in Forest Hill, and we built our own factory there, and we created our own employment. And the talent that we have now, they're all under the Kalani Jewelry umbrella, but before it was a subcontract. So it's, there's a lot of miscommunication could happen and you don't want to lose that between you and your clients because they believe that you're going to give them the whole story from A to Z. And when it comes down to jewelry, it's all about trust. Like you come in to buy a diamond, a lot of people don't know nothing about diamond. They just want to know they got a good diamond for a good price. So the Forest Hill store was the next stop? Yes. Got, well, That was we, before where you are today? Yes, we hit the rise. Like our name actually traveled the world. Instagram happened 2012. Before 2012, uh, I was trying to build my website. I did my best to do it, but no company I met with or people that told me that they can do and build websites at the time was able to handle such a big um, idea because now there's so much jewelry you have to take shots off and pictures and editing and uploading and understanding. So a lot of people, you know, they thought that this is a very tough journey. So it was hard for me to find somebody that actually take me in and build because even the numbers with the 300,000s or 400,000s quotations that they gave me to build the website at the time, I felt like that these people that gave me these quotations are not gonna deliver because it's such a hard way to explain because you want the man that builds the website to understand who Kalani, how did it happen? When did they start? Like what we going through? Yeah, they're you never gonna to get family. the full story. You want them to be family. Yeah. So basically exactly. they have to live in with us work with us for a year or two for them to understand how to build our website because it has to be touching it has to reach our our client the same way we reach our client in real life face to face you know so 2012 came in and a friend of mine that i was asking him to build the website who was friend with him too and uh i don't want to mention names right now <laughs> you know he was trying to help me to build the website but then he said to me kilani you know what there's this app you gotta download it's called Instagram and you can actually post your photos there and videos and I can make you a link that links the Instagram and instead of us loading, whatever you load into this page, it comes on your game changing, yeah. yes. game changing. Now I became this photographer. I have left my jewelry business. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'd be like, I was trying, I go outside, I wash the asphalt to make it look nice and I'm doing shots yeah, and yeah, yeah. I created this box with the lights inside and with a little opening and I'm like, I put the camera right through and I have this spinning mirror that spins and the ring will be spinning and people are like, whoa, I've never seen a video like, oh my God, how did you do shots like that? Oh my God. But, uh, but the reality is we were up, already up in, in a standards and jewelry making at that time when 2012 happened, we already have achieved celebrities overseas by word of mouth. And then when 2012, it was a kaboom because everybody heard about Kalani jewelry from everywhere. I traveled to Australia to introduce Kalani and made business in Australia. Yeah, one time I had to travel there for a weekend. Wow. You know what I mean? I left on a Thursday, I arrived on Saturday, you know, because they're a yeah. day ahead. 
And then I came back on a Monday. I arrived here on Monday in the morning and gone to work. Yeah, crazy. You know, because you, yeah, the time you're basically thing. the wow. time thing. Yeah, so with Instagram and social media, you could see the quality of your work through the pictures all over the world. You now. guys were yeah. primed to run into Instagram. That was just a perfect marriage at a perfect oh, yeah. time. Wow. It made, when messages happened, it was the best way to have people arrive into my life by sending me a text. And every, every response I have got from any post and anybody that followed me, I always make sure as soon as the follow button gets clicked, we go on into their messages and send them a DM saying, thank you for the follow. We appreciate your support. Wow. People go crazy then. Like, man, who is this guy? No man. Smart. Your jewelry is awesome, man. No one goes one thing above you, thank, like that. Yeah, like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for posting these things, you know? And people get getting surprised. And now you, you hit follow button, you get a message immediately saying, thank you for the support. Thank you for the follow. We appreciate you. People went crazy and... The journey continued on Instagram. I received Anthony Joshua as a boxer through DM. His first DM, he introduced himself to me. I didn't know who he is. At the time, was he the heavyweight champion? Yes, he was the heavyweight champion. So he sent me a DM. This is one of the stories, many other ones, but uh, this is a funny one. Um, he sent me the DM 2017, because we go back the other day, we were working 2017, I was like the end of it. And he's like, Kilani, I seen something you made for Emily Sandy. She's a R&B singer, very well-known in England. She's under Jay-Z, so okay, got it. same company, yeah. Rock Nation. And um, she made me make her shields for her and her manager and her sister. And she made me customize it to her liking with the queen crown, like nice. So we went back and forth and I made it for her and I sent it to her. And um, from her, she... He's seen that shield and he's like, how did you get that done? And she's like, Kilani, so he DM me. And in that DM, he's like, this is who I am. I would like to start my, my jewelry and watch his collections with you. If you don't mind, reply. I sent him a reply saying, call my number, 416-902-0287. But I didn't look at the profile because I get so much DMs. So I'm just trying to get them. I turned them from yeah, you didn't messages know, like on DM. champion of yeah. the world yeah. at the time. Not only that. But with DMs, you need to transition into the text. Yeah, yeah, no, because I, I want to take like the human being that is DMing me. Mm -hmm. I want to turn him into my cell phone so I can build a connection now. I don't want to feel the connection through DM. Yeah. You know what it's I mean? Personal. So I did my part. I thanked you. I, I, I appreciate the follow and I'm doing my best to be there for you. But anytime you're gonna need anything or ask anything, call me. I'll be able to provide you all the information you need, you know? So that's why I, I was that guy. Cool. So he actually pick up, calls me. Hey, my name is Anthony Joshua. I'm watching him, you know what I mean? I was like, can we go on FaceTime? He's like, yeah. I was like, man, how did you know about me? And he's like, oh, I threw this singer, Emily Sandy. I was like, man, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a boxer. I was like, whoa. You know, I got to go to return and make my research about you, man. <laughs> so he actually fell in love that I didn't know him. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I still didn't know him and I'm still talking to him and we're on FaceTime and I'm asking him, yo, bro, what do you do? Because his muscles and stuff like that, I was more chubbier than. And then uh, we started from there. We started to design and he asked me to design the logo because he doesn't have a logo. He used to be Anthony Joshua, his signature, but he didn't like it. He wanted a logo. He wanted a real logo. And uh, back and forth, took us like over a year, basically. Wow. Because if I go back through even the DMs, because I'm submitting stuff for him on DM and messages on WhatsApp and stuff, and yes or no, and we made so much different designs. 
in the end, he's like, man, you know what? That shield you made for her, can we make something similar? But I want to make my own shield. Like, I don't want it to look like her, but I have an idea. I want to be able to put the number of the building where I grew up. I want to put, uh, you know, a, a panther. I want to put uh, uh, my initials in it. And I want to put the map of where I am from. I was like, okay. So we designed shield with the king crown. We put it together. Now it came out, you know, back and forth, back and forth. We finally settled on the last design. He's like, this is awesome. I want to order one white gold, one yellow gold, one rose gold, all buzzed down, big pieces that these are for me only. And I'm going to send you the list of every person that I'm going to buy. I want you to make the same shield, tiny little one for kids and ladies, medium one for all my team members and friends and management, lawyers, everybody that's around me, trainers, everything that's in my life. I was like, okay. He goes missing for a week. He sends me this list. I can't even keep up because it's the names of who they are, where they're from. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number, they, every, monster list. Yeah. Reason. I was like, wow. And the list goes on and it was like over 50 pieces for the Holy. little one. And over 100 piece for the medium one and the three big ones. Wow. Bro, I, I couldn't even fit it in the tray. So I put whatever is that one big tray and I had other trays. So I started to photo one by one. But then I said to myself, because it was, it was hard to present everything, you know, on Instagram. It was just in the beginning, you know, and then, like I'm by myself and I'm trying to figure out how I can fit everything, you know, and you have like it's short times. Yeah. Like short time videos. So I keep posting every tray on its own. <laughs> And now we have to package it and get it to him on Christmas, man. Do you know what? I, I quit working basically to get this job done for him on the highest level. So he realized that even if he received a champion ring in his lifetime, he's going to look at these ones and he says, this is my best trophy. This is my best champion pendant I ever made because the quality, the fin I cared about every single thing. And then I added the, because he said, uh, he always says Lionheart wins. So I took Lionheart wins. I created a lion from the English league, put him in the back. You know, the one of the English yeah. league, they have the lion with look me. Put him in the back of the pendant as a surprise, enameled it, and I engraved Lionheart wins. Always cool. wins. And that was became something that I did it, and now I'm scared because I enameled it with black. I did the engraving without talking to him. <laughs> so now I'm ready. What's I called them. Gonna be? I was like, there is something in the back of all these pieces that is a surprise for you. And I can't show it to you. And it's like, no, you have to show me. This design is just, no. Over a year, we're going through this. You have to show me. So I flipped it. And his brain went, ta pa 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 Boom. And then he's like, I want you to add two things there. I'm like, what do you want? And he's like, I want to add the speed of my punch. And I was like, okay. And then he sends me, it was like 0.5 something or I don't know. There's like the numbers sure. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did it and we shipped wow. it out for him all to England. Um, and he received it. And from then he still orders. And now I have an order of 17 pieces in the factory no of the same pieces. Three of them is the small one and 13 of them. So 16 and 13 of them of, uh, of the medium. The ones. medium. Wow. 
And then I guess someone like that, you put that on Instagram if he allows you. Other celebrities start reaching out and the legend of Kalani now takes on a life of its own. It already was, but yeah. now this reaches a new level. And yeah. now we're to the point now with Kalani Jewelry that if I see a, a Toronto Blue Jay pitching or a, you know somebody in the NBA playing, I'm looking because you guys have a very special clasp that I love. I yeah. think you call it the Kalani clasp. Yes. And if I can, I, I sometimes see someone wearing, I'm like, I didn't yeah, have the clasp. Yeah, I'm like, I think that's from Kalani. And I see someone in another city um, and they'll have the Kalani clasp. Yeah. You, you get know? excited. And, yeah. And I get it. Yeah. Because I, I feel like, you know, yeah, hey, yeah, they're yeah. part of the family. This yes. is kind of like a little symbol. I think it says, hey, I know you. It's a signature, though. It's a, it's, yeah. And it's a great clasp. Yeah. 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 Look, um, we worked with a lot of celebrities. And while I was building my Instagram or our Instagram, Kalani Jewelry, um, I was the main figure that answers and talk and make the post things and the ideas. No one was allowed. I was very tough because I want everything to look aligned. And yeah, you perfect. want it to be done how you want yeah. it to do it. <laughs> and um, going through it then, I wanted to make sure that I never use music of any other uh, uh, like singers or rappers or whatever. I tried to use like just normal, no voice until I met him, but I'll tell you how it happened. I tried not to do that, so I don't want no artist or somebody or management to ever, to ever reach out to me and say, okay, man, you use my song, that's why your video hit. Oh, you know? got it. So I made sure I was like, and because I'm building my Instagram and I'm receiving a lot of people from all over the world, you know, and I'm making orders and I'm selling in celebrities. I even had, we worked with Drake from 2014, 2013, 2014, we started working with Drake and we created a lot of pieces for him, the team and, and then, but we never posted him. We never posted anything we made. We even made like the big Ruby tier thing with the OVO. Mm -hmm. And You've seen a couple of those. Pictures. It became like the biggest thing at the time. Yeah, so that was intentional that you didn't post it. I, it. Not because intentional, it's because I wanted to give him the value of who he is. He came to me privately. So there are a lot of celebrities and athletes that actually uh, reaches out to us and want to be discreet on what they're doing yeah. that type of gift so we wanted to take that mentality that we want to keep them as family no matter what so we can't be exposing them for just anything just trying to gain business off his yeah, shoulder yeah, yeah. You know? mm -hmm. so we made sure we maintained that until he actually tagged kilani jewelry 2016. Drake did? Yes. Oh, with did. the big O. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. the one actually we saw when we first walked in. That piece happened to be in the store. And then yeah. we saw that there. And he said, um, um, how, how did he say it? He's like, um, made by, made by, by the same family because I'm Canadian, made it. So he felt like he included us to, own, mm -hmm. to all his family. That's the day I was able to actually repost him. And I felt like, okay. All of you guys have to know that this guy has been a legend in my life for so many years. And now we're right there. The world knows it. From there, we realized we had to make a shift because we, um, we had the uh, Buffalo Bills because uh, the Buffalo Bills management and everybody there knows us. And we have a lot of the guys from Oh, there. really? I didn't know that. From a long time. Okay. From the free market time. And then one time some of them because they wanted to know who's Kalani Jewelry they received yeah. jewelry from us but they want to meet these guys yeah, you know yeah. like, where I, are they getting the jewelry from? I never showed our location how it looked like I only showed the jewelry so everybody sees the jewelry so stunning but they don't know I'm in a flea market and when I, they ask me I don't say come to the flea market I say come to the address and then when they arrive man like uh, uh, Alk Monopoly he called me he's like bro 
I'm right here, but I just see a flea market. It's like, yeah, just come on in. It's not the flea market. <laughs> this is one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, okay. He's like, yeah. well, I never thought you would be in the flea market. I was like, man, you came here. You came here for the jewelry, right? He's like, yeah. And he bought a pinky ring and and stuff for me. That's Alcmanopoli. He's one of the best artists that I follow, actually. And I didn't know him even before before until he arrived. Because I got a call that he's on his way to me and they gave him my number. Wow. And I, I didn't know who he is. And I talked to him and I was like, I'm ready for you. Come on in. And um, Mojo, he's like, because Mojo, he's younger than me. So he knows all this. He's like, do you know who this guy is? And he starts to show me. He's like, never show his video. He's always like this. He's always like, you know, he covers up his face. Mm -hmm. So he's like, don't show him in a video. Make sure. I was like, yes. But we have a lot of videos of him covering and stuff. So the Buffalo team, a lot of the players decided to come in together on a trip. And driving to Kalani, and then when they finished, they wanted to go to Yorkdale Mall or shopping because they wanted to go for brand. They arrive. We have a full picture with all of them. Uh, it's actually that picture I made my mom because my mom was there, so I made my mom and my wife take a picture with them. <laughs> you know, and they're all there. And um, when they arrived, they're like, "No way, you're in a flea market." We dealt with a lot of jewelers, and. Nobody has the same quality in a flea market. Like, what are you doing? But because we set our standards high and really took advantage of the experience that we had in the jewelry and forced our idea and our client's idea to be actually made with the highest level, like when you talked about the lock, I was in the process to make a strong lock because the lobster lock is the easiest you're lock. You're always worried, especially if you have yeah. a decent sized chain, you're always worried that that right, lock, yeah, it's going to break. And not only that, because, you know, if you have a heavy chain and um, the lobster locks, the way they go, they're very thin. In a lifetime, the gold soft, it wears off and becomes, and you can lose it if it's a heavy chain fast. So we made, we decided to design the lock. We made the barrel lock, but we made it with the locking system that goes directly in the middle, like a male and a female. But when we made it and I kept saying, oh, this is the strongest lock now, it's not gonna ever break. My friend bought it and we were at a, like at a dinner, like chilling with my friends and that guy was there. We got a little bit tipsy, drinking, you know? And this guy, he looks at me and he's like, Kalani, so you're telling me if I pull my chains twist, won't break? I was like, try. He goes like this, he pulled with this twist, the locks right away, the lock, the, the, the mail itself started to twist and it broke off and the chain came into my hand. He's like, here we go. Simple way of action. I realized the way he twisted the chains before he pulled, it twisted the locking system. Uh, the mail that mm -hmm. goes and locks in, it got twisted and broke and came. Uh, so I was like, oh my God, this is embarrassing. What should I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked at me. He's like, man, I want you to go back. That's my friend. And do a study and make sure you come out with the best lock that no other guy like him can do this to you in front of anybody. I looked at him. I was like, done. I'm going back. I'm not going to sleep until I figure this out. Definitely, I go back to my dad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. The brains, the brain. The brain has to come in. Yeah. You know, man, this guy is intelligent. Amazing. You know? So, you know, I go to him, you gotta figure it out. Like, you have something, you have a chain, you're trying to tow a car or a plane. What type of lock system can you make that can go through that link and you can lock it and be able to tow, pull, 
do anything without having that lock break or crack or twist and exactly i focused on the twisting part like i don't want no twist and pull because that's when you find your weak spots you know back and forth back and forth and then he's like anything you like from the side it will be always more stable because it's hugging it hmm. instead of you inserting ah, it in do you understand what i mean i was like okay because that's how actually all the heavy duty locks they yeah, lock here yeah, i noticed you know. yeah yeah so like okay now we figure something out let's go back let's figure it out that design and uh, we were able to create it now we wanted to actually make these locks and have them available yeah. for all our chains yeah you had to get your guys to figure out how to craft these things yeah so we had to work we had to invest now you have to put money up front to make these locks invest it in gold and the design and yeah. the finish because you're just making locks you're making locks in different sizes different color of gold and different carrots because at the market we were selling 10 14 18 21 and 22 carats so now you have to make a lock for every chain right it costed a lot of money and but we know we knew that there is going to be a better return now we had to insert all these locks into the chains and find people like you that actually love them yeah and it, i think it becomes another selling feature for the chain because not only is the jewel i remember asking Tarek about the chains and i'm like where are these chains from because before i didn't i was skeptical because i hadn't seen an, a real proper jeweler so i'm like where are you guys uh, you know where are you guys getting these chains made where's the gold from and he was telling yeah. me the gold's from i think he was saying the gold's from italy yes and that's right you know we go to italy regularly and we tell the guys in italy and i'm like you guys are telling the guys in italy what to do that's when he told me a little bit about the family story so i knew there was some in, you know intelligence there right, yeah. which was you know impressive and then uh, and then he said the chain um has this special lock the kalani clasp and you know the, and yeah and it turned the chain into you had this unique selling feature for me yes which was it was there was a beautiful chain and the the gold was brilliant but then there was this extra thing that no one else had so for your business it's just yet another thing that worked to your advantage totally. and probably still does. I'm sure you guys find that. It's the so you were like layering on like family knowledge and family history. You were layering yeah. on good quality work and good product. And then you were layering, right. layering on unique features. All these things together just worked to your advantage. Do you know all these things that happened, I go back and give it out to my clients and everybody that came in my life because we really like, like when my dad said involve every client into the process turn him from a regular human being that's walking to shop to somebody that he can feel like he's your family like you gotta do it that's how you're gonna prove yourself so listening up to the people and seeing their complaints about everything that we done in the past or gone through in the past or maybe just listening to what their experience was your feedback yeah that made us work toward what makes us better yeah you know like all you got to do listen up to the people you're working with and maybe like i told you you never know in the way of this world run you have to give a chance to other people to allow you to be better mm -hmm. and at the same time hear out from them because maybe not everybody you're going to listen to maybe makes a difference in your life but if you give a chance to more than one person 
there will be that one person that's gonna hit mm. that spot totally and turns you all upside down you know mm. it's gotta so, be something and then fast forward to today kalani jewelry is the official jeweler of the toronto raptors that's crazy i know that is crazy so How? you had some raptors obviously getting i know fred van yeah. i would have, for, yeah, I, I, yeah. Feel, I don't know if we're allowed to say his and i yeah, feel like yeah. i saw a picture or something no, i think it's open yeah. that is, is, it's, okay yeah yeah no no we deal with a lot of the athletes and um all the athletes and celebrities are proud uh, of us proud of having to see the achievement and success exactly the people that actually been through the market with us yeah and seeing who we are like where we lived when we took the first bus to the first ride you know to the first mattress the real mattress and from a real mattress to a flea market in scarborough and then you opening up and you're painting the wall not knowing what's the outcome but you just had a goal like you set, like when you set a goal and you follow and you continue, even if you fail, it's easy. You can just like, hit it again and hit it again because this, this is part of life and experience. Sometimes people, when they take their first loss, they say, okay, they give up. But your first loss is your first setup. You set yourself up and the very most important, setting your standards. Once you go low, people will look at you low in any way, in construction and engineers and convenience store if you bring yourself down and you have all these could be like people well i feel sad for them but they drove themselves to be on the street and then just hanging out and conducting business with these people that have no life even if you're a convenience store owner you're not going to make it mm. you need to mix yourself around people that can brighten your day give you some type of features in life or some type of tips that makes your life better you know so and the passion of what you're doing comes through you don't know this about our story but uh um i would love to hear it because well uh, we don't have no no, no for another for another day I'm some people on this you. podcast have heard some of the stories we don't have to get yeah. into there's a piece of the story i want to share though when nick and i quit and we could only afford uh, the closet of the first real estate brokerage we were in they had a closet that they had turned into an office and we needed an office but that's all we could afford so we mm -hmm. took the closet as our as our office and then we eventually we left that brokerage and got our own um you know executive suite which was just two 10 by 10 rooms in uh, burlington in some office that's all we, we could really afford for our own offices but this this office these offices were behind they were part of a sandwich bar so in this little office building, there was like a little cafe that sold sandwiches to people in the, the building. And in the back of that, the guy was renting out some little rooms that he had extra rooms to businesses. And that's all we could afford. Wow. So when we went into business, we would tell some of our clients, okay, meet us at this address. They would come into the sandwich shop and they would start looking around. Oh my. Yeah, and they would start looking around and we'd say, no problem. You bought a property with us. Thanks for trusting us, which they did. And I think they felt that we really cared for them. We're like, just leave the deposit check with the lady who's making the BLT sandwich. Oh my! <laughs> she will take the deposit check. So we would have some realtors come in who didn't know us at all. And if we were on the road, because Nick and I were hustling, running around everywhere, right. trying to make sales, trying to survive. Mm -hmm. If we couldn't be there to greet them, because we would run out and greet them. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, here we are. This is really our office. Um, we would say, yeah, just 
just leave the check, please, with this lady. Don't worry. And I don't know how, but people trusted us. They did. Wow. And uh, we were in the no. back of this. And then eventually we got our own space. We the the we got um, we were paying the landlord and he wasn't paying the main landlord. Oh. So we had the uh, doors get locked on us. Nick had to break in to get our equipment out. They called the police on us because oh uh, wow. we were running a brokerage. It was crazy. We got our other office. And then eventually, we bought, you know, the space you're in now, we bought these two units and made one right. unit. This is our space now. Mm. And we just feel grateful because the journey like you guys wow. it's just madness so to hear your journey i'm not so, there. Yeah, yeah so it's such similarities that right. i didn't know and uh, the flea market one especially right. you know it yeah. doesn't matter when you do good quality work and your pat your love for it and you know you have the knowledge and the wisdom that your family has yeah the location doesn't ultimately matter. Right, people correct. write through that. But in business, when I'm talking to people, sometimes they think their storefront has to be perfect or their their pamphlet has to be perfect. I'm like, that is, there is value it. there. Yes. But you, who you are as a person and the principles you stand by and what you're bringing to market and the way you connect with other people matters more than anything. Correct. And you guys are just a beautiful example of not Thank only an, like an... A, a wild immigrant story into Canada, yeah. Yeah. like completely wild. Um, but then to start the store, a completely wild business story, like to go from Kalani in that market to see Kalani on the Raptors uh, floor when you turn on a Raptors game, yeah. you yeah. see Kalani, like to go from the flea market to there, is just it, 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 you're giving me goosebumps. Man. It's, <laughs> it's giving insane, me goosebumps. man. No, so like I, I you know, I, do you know how I actually got them? No. You want to know the story? Crazy. Crazy. Sell us the story. Yeah, yeah. We want it's to actually hear. crazy. I never knocked the door. They knocked the door on me. So it was a beautiful moment to hear them speak to us and say they want that to happen, you know. Um, I'm sure. When they won the champion, and which is every... Oh, so I think I know a little bit of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite, and it's the funniest, because even when I got to talk to all the delegates from the Raptors and the MLSE and the lawyers and everybody that actually from the senior positions to lower positions, we always talked about that moment, you know, that ring, you know, that I made. So, so that they won the champion, uh, you know, I knowing me, I, I'm here all about the hip hop culture. I fell in love with basketball. I never knew nothing about basketball. I know soccer, you know, and I didn't know it was soccer. I, no, football. it's football. football. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Here I got the correction. <laughs> so as we are working, you know, and we seen the champion things happening, we really thought they're going to knock the door and say, Kalani, you have to be making it because you're the biggest thing. Like you have a story behind your business. You're also in Toronto. In Toronto, manufacturing. Mm -hmm. We just opened our stores and like in the forest hall, our complex is so big and crazy and, and reflected on everybody around in Toronto. So I really thought that. So we, I started to prepare, me and my brothers, to customize and design our own ring. <laughs> and I was like, we designed it. And I made my own. I was like, I'm going to make my own. If they don't come, they don't come. But what happened is, as we were going, we knew that the contract, we didn't know how it doesn't work. We didn't know there's bidding and stuff like that. So we just thought they're going to knock at the door at that time. We're going through it. I made the ring as soon as like almost five days before they posting their champion ring. We created our videos on the champion ring. We created a whole play about Van Vliet, you know, and the process of how he fought hard because he's my main client from the Raptors. Yeah. From before. And how he fought so hard throughout the playoff up to like when him with Kevin Durant and he's bleeding and we're taking the commentators voices and I think he had a kid in the middle of the playoff yeah and like yeah all the everything that happened to van vliet 
and Van Vliet, another one, Van Vliet, never defeat, and like all these words. And like, we build a sick video that is a five minute video. It shows all the talent of his hard work throughout the playoffs, up to him celebrating at the uh, parade. Yep. And then from there, walking into Kalani Jewelry. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Do you know? And as he walks in into Kalani Jewelry and the champion ring starts to play. Spinning. And then everything. this crazy man, over 27,000 people shared this ring within less than a day. Wow. More than what I got for likes. It was shared. All I see. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I was like, kaboom. And all you see the first comment in that video, Van Vliet eyes up. Because they were all in Japan at that time playing just before they get the ring. So you know how every mm -hmm. champion goes to play somewhere. So they were playing in Tokyo. And I knew when I posted, that was the moment they're actually in the change room. <laughs> and I was like, let's do it so we can get Van Vliet to make every player knows about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Everyone in the management to know. Smart. And we posted it at that moment. And it did become kaboom at the change room for sure. And that's why, you know, Van Vliet commented before the game started. So we knew we made a hit. And then we had the MLC and the NBA reach out to us on the phone. Hello, can we speak to the owner? Yes. They spoke to Terry. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> that's the first I've guy. He, and he knew I've the heard. least of the NBA probably. He, he, he probably yes. knew yeah. <laughs> now Tarek was able to handle the business. Like, okay, whose ring is this? He's like, oh, this ring is designed by us and it's made for my brother. He's like, why Why is it on the website? Because we still had our Instagram link to the website. Yeah. So you see it in the bottom. He's like, well, we received a complaint from the jeweler that made the champion rings. Mm -hmm. and, wow. um, the champion ring didn't come out yet at that time. Yeah. Got it. But this one jeweler had won the bid to make exactly. it or whatever. Yeah. So well, and everybody saw the attention on that ring, you know, so. <laughs> and not to take down on the champion ring, this is the best, most beautiful moment in our life for every Canadian. Sure. To actually receive a champion ring. Totally, yeah. You know, so we're not taking nobody down in here. We're, yeah. we're, I'm just telling you the funny story. Yeah, how yeah, we yeah. Came from. And uh, big up to all the people that actually work with the MLSC and everyone around the Raptors. And we appreciate all their work ethic and everything they have done with us throughout the last year of our contract. And we're looking for big things to come up this year. And we have a lot of plans for sure. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but now, now the guy is talking to Tarek and he goes to him, it's for my brother. He's like, well, you need to take down that ring immediately. Now in the picture, I'm like, talk to me. Yeah. I want to know, like, come on. I'm like, Tarek. I was like, okay. So I'm hearing about Tarek talking about the ring. I was like, boom, we got it. And he goes to him, can I have you guys emails? I go to Tarek, make sure you tell this guy to actually send an email because we don't know if this is a real person from NBA or MLC, you know, like we have to know, you know, tell him to email so we know that's him and attach the ring information of what they're talking about with the picture of that ring on this email. We received the email. I see, well, let's see, NBA, blah, 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 and I see my ring, description of my ring. And I was like, boom, <laughs> now my ring is recognized you know and this is literally what i really wanted to achieve you know what i mean like wanted them to recognize awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. our That's hard cool. work to see it. who we are to see it like i we i only did it because i couldn't believe the raptors ever would take it and that was a moment that i want to remember for the rest of my life and i wanted to put kind of like um 
a, a status to show our achievement from a country to a city, you know? Same way when you said, you know, I wear my gold chain mm -hmm. because to show, you know, like I don't believe in the paper print, I believe in the gold. I believe people invest or buy in gold to feel in their achievements that they are capable. Oh, they are ready they they know they can afford yeah. it and every piece tells a story that when you buy for sure it also and i want to get to i, I want to conclude the raptor thing it's also to me it's like my you know part of my family lived through hyperinflation in croatia yes and my aunt was in the bazaar they're selling eggs on the side she was dealing um dinars that were losing value mm -hmm. for german marks oh. and then the government there caught her uh, doing that and put her in jail for two months. Wow. All she was trying to do was make you know a living, mm -hmm. and try, other people were trying to protect their purchasing power, trying to get rid of the dinars mm -hmm. for German marks, and it was illegal. She went to jail for for two months for, oh, for that. that. Is crazy. So this chain represents it's it's to me it's not just a gold chain. Wow. You know, it just represents right. a lot Story of what our right. family kind of went through. She didn't have real money. Yeah. You know. Um, but anyway, she so, probably had a gold ring. That's for sure. Because yeah, our gold, ancestors yeah, and people gold. they valued yes. gold. Yes. If they they did they look at gold as their biggest achievement in life and to show and their status and as a saving and a saving yeah. because they always thought about it as a, a rainy day safe heaven yeah jewelry at the time and it is yeah so me coming to you was not only that i was in a place where i can afford something like that which i couldn't before but it also represented something to me and my family right yes you guys yeah. were making something and not knowing the whole story you're making something that's very meaningful to me and right. then for my son to be there my brother you know yeah, uh, the whole family uh, carol has uh yeah i don't you know just the whole world we're all in on Kalata. <laughs> but yeah. um but so sorry can conclude the raptor journey there yeah now and then we'll let you go. I feel like we're taking you so long. No, no, oh, I, I'm enjoying awesome. it awesome. because this is the realest story. And uh, to have people like you guys, I seen when I first walked in here, I really felt the vibe. I felt like you guys are us, like us, yeah. one cool. of us. Thank you. I, I felt like I have the same skin of you that don't make no difference, but of good feelings. And seeing you working with your brother, your family, your wife, your kid right here, like, wow, Eden, <laughs> thank you for bringing your dad. This is a very, very <laughs> pleasant yeah, moment no. for me. Okay, no, thank you guys for coming That's on. Awesome. And I actually gained more faith, more love, more belief in all of you guys because of that family unity. It's really hard. And we said it, it's really hard for people to actually put a unity together and move as one unit, as one pack. You know, I remember you saying, my dad is like, when you walk in, you see him like a lion. I see him as a horse always running yeah. and I'm always bidding my money on that horse yeah. as old he gets yeah, yeah, it, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the smart bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So he like, you know, he's the horse. He drives us. Even when we posted, he made sure that the caption was written so well that if any lawsuit actions or anything happens, because you know, it's, it's we don't know what the outcome, we're just yeah. doing a post for a ring and videos and, we had videos of everything and I had to send my camera guys to the parade and at nighttime and at nighttime and receiving the cops and all that. So he wanted to make sure everything to be properly written back and forth with Biggie, big, big shots of Billy <laughs> or Biggie, <laughs> many B's in his life, you know? <laughs> and um, so we wrote it correctly that no one will be able to say, okay, because we didn't, we didn't say we made it for the Raptor. Yeah, we said- filing any, any no, policy no, or, yeah. It's an inspirational yeah, ring sure. that was designed and made for Kilani for yeah. the winning of the Raptors. That was it. We yeah. even made sure we made it clear so whoever reads through the lines, he will know. Inspired of the This universe. is an inspirational ring. 
only, not an inspiration on the ring of another ring, because this is like, I didn't know how that ring mm -hmm. looked like, you know? So we received the email, we going through it, we started to talk, lawyers got involved, lawyers got involved, so we make sure we don't make no mistakes. And they're like, we really love this design. Like, this design is awesome. Who designed it really? Like, so it was the help of Mojo, Tarek, me, and we were back and forth. So they're like, one day we're going to come see it. Now we need you to take it down from all social media. <laughs> season, this season, everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. I looked at them and I told them that was the best thing to ever happen to me because the reason of me posting this post and making this ring, it was not to become enemy. I wanted to become your friend. And here we are talking on the phone and having to conduct conversations. Yeah. <laughs> and I was able to receive an email directly from the main guy. And that makes me happy. This is all I wanted, you know? Thank you very much. I'm taking it. That's over. cool. And we took it down. We took everything down. A year later, well, less than a year within the time that uh, before the playoff, uh, before the summer league started, they sent in their delegates to actually understand who Kalani is, see the ring, and understand what's going on inside there. They came in. I took them on a tour like everybody. And they seen the craftsmanship. They seen the work. They seen the ring. They seen the quality of all diamonds and stuff. And that was a good way to present, introduce them to Kalani, and at the same time, have them go home with t-shirts, everything yeah. that involves Kalani jewelry, including and they, food. And, and they became family. And they became family. <laughs> and we you see, like, we can turn anybody. Like, you don't have to do business to turn a human being no. to a family. It's very simple. You just gotta allow people to become normal and be able to conduct any type of conversation sure. with you yeah. as understand. they feel uncomfortable. Like, kind of respect. Yeah, like once people achieve that, like I told you, when I walked in, I feel like I'm part of you. Like I feel, I feel like you're skin. Well, we, were having, skin. Yeah, we were having a team meeting yeah. when you came in. So usually we'll greet you more. We'll have the, we'll yeah. the door opening the door. So he was, it was in his, his hands good, to greet you, run out yeah, and yeah, greet yeah, you. No, when I you love it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Everybody greeted us yeah. nicely here. So, and I know Billy's happy to be here too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So um, yeah, guys, I, uh, when, if someone's listening, to this and wants to see the beautiful jewelry's Instagram still the right place to go. Can you give out the Instagram handle again? You mentioned it a while ago. So it's at Kelani Jewelry. That's at Kelani that's Jewelry. We'll link to it in the show yeah, yeah, notes we'll here. Put everything uh, in. Definitely. And the website's KelaniJewelry.com. Yeah. It's like what uh, Eglinton and Avenue Road, roughly. Right. If someone's trying to picture where the store is. Yeah. Remember that the jewelry, the way you spell it, is the Canadian way because we're Canadians. And we're proud Canadian company. Why is, ju is jewelry one L or would it be one right. L? So oh, really? Some yeah. form is one oh, L, but with Kalani Jewelry, it's just double, double E, double got it. L, and E, R, Y. Yeah, J-E-W-E-L-L-E-R-Y. -E -E yeah. So the double L with the E-R-Y at the end at the same time. So. Yeah. Right. And then for anyone else wondering, listening, can you buy watches too? Yes. Okay. So for all the people that uh, comes into Kalani Jewelry and looking for rare watches, watches that they can't find in the market, um, we source the watches and we help a lot of people. Like today I have a client that's coming in to see me. Um, he's been waiting on a watch for over two years and his anniversary with his wife coming up this week. So he feels like he lied to his wife because she's been waiting for two years for that watch. Yeah. You know, because she doesn't want any other watch. You want that watch, that face, that style. Oh, geez. So he's he's been wandering around thinking that he's going to get it. So he had to call us and say, yo, I need your help. My wife is 
You need to find this for me. Yeah, get me this spot. So we actually organized it. He's coming to pick it up oh, today. Oh, cool. So you dipped into your resource, your network. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it, and selling watches, it has opened up a door for us too, because um, like we never was in the watch business or anything. We're more really. I know most, you were. I know you were decorating them. If someone yes, wanted diamonds, just busting them down, adding diamonds to them. You know what I mean? Helping the people yeah. to get the right shine on. You know, but. Um, my younger brother was really smart. He really loves watches and he has a lot of knowledge in watches. Mojo, the younger one. So one day he came in and he's like, guys, I believe we should invest some money in the watches because I feel like it's gonna go up in value. Everybody wants to buy a Rolex. Everybody wants to buy an AP. Everybody wants to buy a Richard Mill. Everybody wants to buy a Frank Miller. Every name keeps coming up. And he's like, I know the watches that is the most popular in the market and we should invest in it. And the watches business, you still can go to Rolex at the time and get a discount yeah. on a watch, you know, and you find them everywhere. So my dad and I, you know, I looked at him. I was like, no, bro, it's better like this. The client wants it. We bring it. We make that little change and that's it. My dad is like, no, let's see what the path looked like. Every one of you guys have improved himself and know what the real investments should be in. And you know what? We got to listen to each other. He felt that way. Let's go that way. He started to buy watches and he bought the right watches. And he kept saying, if I sell you this watch, I'm not going to give it to you. I have to make sure I replace it before I give you that watch. So when he sells the watch, he makes sure he replaced every watch that he invested his money in. Mm. So if it's in case it goes up in value, he knows he still has it. He made money as he sold it, but he replaced it at the same time. Cool. So there's no losses in it. And you know, as COVID hit. Mm. It's impossible to get one. It was a kaboom, you know what I mean? And he was the smartest one on that position, so. Yeah. He made us learn watches. He made us focus on, and we hired someone that actually repairs and oh, did you oh, refurbish okay, yeah, and okay. polished it, watchmaker, and he's actually a, an older gentleman with fifty years of experience. He's wow. seventy six years old, you know. Now you can't find talent like this in no. the watchmaking anymore because all the young guys they want to just be on computer. And that's why I think these watches are going to still rise in life because we don't know what the future has for us for the young generation. Are they going to be able to repair this watch or not? You know. And that's when it becomes difficult. You're right. It's almost like you're giving me flashbacks to your conversation of, of the lost knowledge of how the tombs were formed yeah. with gold <laughs> and that how that knowledge was lost. There's almost this next level of knowledge in jewelry and watchmaking. That and diamond setting. And diamond setting as well? Okay. Uh, yes. Oh, really? Dwindling away. And uh, yeah. This, and this is what it is. Like We have to fight to keep the knowledge we have on us right now to be passed on. We have to teach it because... Like I told you in the beginning, all the jewelers, they believe it's a secret business. Maybe I teach him, maybe he's becoming a jeweler. He's going to become my neighbor. Man, I, I did business and succeeded By sure. between 30 jewelers in the flea market. And these people had 10, 20 years of experience in that market with their clients already there. And we were able to break the barriers, make our own business without interfering with anybody and build our own clientele that's from overseas, celebrities, that would have never walked in there. But they did the walk in there, so yeah, like it's, it's 
It's an amazing story. It's, wow. Yeah. So bla- feel blessed. <laughs> yes. Grateful to have oh, crossed yeah. paths with you guys. Same here. So thank you. And thanks for putting up with us. I think our schedule is changing. Bishop, I, he, me and you communicated I back. Yeah. And, and yeah, every time thanks. you re- we rescheduled this date. I'm so you, sorry. You, oh my gosh. You never have to apologize. Oh, it's well. just when you're busy and things are going on, sure. that's how it is. Yeah. Right. And we're dragging you out to Oakville here. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, good. Yeah. So thank we, you guys for coming yeah, in. Thank you. Worth it. for making the commitment. At some point we'll do this again. For sure. Eden, like if I do it, I'll do it with you alone. Yeah, me and you. You know, so we can talk about your dad's story. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we should do it. Today, anything else to share today? Or we No, good? Yeah. I just want to bless everyone that's with us. And thank you so much for, for this amazing invite. Thank you. I appreciate you, Tommy. Like, thank amazing. You. Awesome. Thank you, Eden. Thank you yeah, yeah, so no. Much. Thank you guys. Quickly for share what's next for Kalani Jewelry, though. I think it's worth sharing. Oh, what's yeah. next for Kalani yeah. Jewelry? There's one update in my mind one, I forgot one, about. Yeah, one, thank one you, Bishop. Yeah. You know, there's so much going on at Kalani every day. So one of the stories is the Miami store coming up. Boom. You know, we bought our own building there. Awesome. Accomplished our name with our home. Remember, we couldn't afford but rent. We bought our building here. We all have homes. And now we bought our building in another That's side huge. of the world. So congratulations. This is congratulations. like the biggest movement. Yeah. yeah, thank you. So is the Miami store open or? We, uh, the office is ready. The headquarter office, because we know after this, we have like Dubai planned and many other places. But we want to make sure the Miami store accomplish what Toronto accomplished and move on to the next side of the world. So boom. Yes, there's so much. Keep up with Kalani Jury. All That's the awesome. Well, Keep up. The story evolves. Too. The story evolves. Oh, yes. Yeah. We'll Love do it. a podcast with you in Dubai at your store. How about that? that you open up in Dubai, we're going to come there and do a podcast. Believe now, me, when I say... I'm committing to this, and I know he's going to make it. You guys yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it's always. Whenever you say something, you always have to stick yeah. it in your mind. And now like I know, and that's what crossed oh, yeah. my mind. I'm like, I can't believe I just said that because now they're opening Dubai. We're having to go do a podcast, but that's we're going to do a podcast in Dubai with Kalani on your store. I love you. Good job. Good job. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Akram, Kalani, and Bishop. And you can find Kalani at KalaniJewelry.com. You got to check out their Instagram feed. They share the most beautiful pictures of all different wonderful jewelry on there. And if you want to find out some more information about real estate and rental properties in this area and you don't know where to look, you can check out our website at RockstarInnerCircle.com. That's RockstarInnerCircle.com. That is it for this episode. Until next time, your life your terms.